guess what, garden nerds? We got a sponsor. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that ships craft CBD products directly from their farm to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. They're located outside Burlington, Vermont, and were originally a dairy farm. But in 2019, they decided to diversify and start growing hemp. You know, hemp. It's going to save the world. Anyway, you're supporting regenerative agriculture when you buy products from Sunset Lake CBD. They use regenerative and organic methods, and their farm workers are paid a living wage, and the employees own the majority of the company. I've been using the hemp and arnica salve, and I really love how it smells and feels. And my husband has been drinking the coffee, and he says that he's having a no-jitter experience. So use the promo code NERD for 20% off your entire order at SunsetLakeCBD. Now, on with the show. It's the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast, where we spend time chatting with expert gardening guests, and we ask for their favorite tip. I'm Christy Wilhelmy. Thanks for joining me. Our guest this week is Tony Gatoni, garden speaker and author of The Lifelong Gardener, Garden with Ease and Joy at Any Age. Tony shares her tried and true tips for adaptive gardening that remove physical barriers and create new opportunities for all ages and abilities. She's talking with us today from Northern California. Thanks for being here, Tony. Thanks, Christy. Yes, um, I'm in uh, Northern California. I'm just north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, uh, nice. Pretty, yeah, pretty little town in Marin County called Larkspur, named oh. after the flower. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we, we know each other through Garden.com, formerly Garden Writers Association. It's an organization for garden writers and media producers. You've got this beautifully slick website with, that has so much great information. But before we dive into that, can you describe a little bit for us about your garden and your location so listeners can follow along? Sure. Well, we were only going to live in this house for a couple of years, and that was 37 years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a substandard size lot, so it's tiny, but it's jam-packed mm -hmm. uh, with um, elevated raised beds. I've got three different elevated raised beds, lots of containers, and of course, regular garden beds. But I try to avoid getting down as much as possible because, as you know, it's hard to get back up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to ask you about that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, we were only going to be here for a couple of years because I always thought I needed a bigger garden to work in. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's just fine the way it is. And actually, with the drought that's going on, as plants are done for the season, I'm emptying pots and containers and just okay. not replanting. Okay. So shutting down for the winter. Yeah. More so than I usually do this time of year. Okay. And uh, do you have any perennial things that you'll be keeping going over the, over the winter? Well, I've, yes, of course. I've got my, you know, my Swiss chard and my, my strawberries are always going and lots of lettuces. And, but a lot of the things are kind of done now. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, the way it is here in California. Even in Northern California, we kind of have two summers, you know, the, the spring season and then the summer where that's kind of our dead zone where the garden kind of just starts to wane and die and look sad. And then we get to plant again in fall or close it down for the winter. So mm -hmm. that's nice. Yeah, I'm going to be planting cover crops. Excellent. What kind of cover crops? Uh, red clover. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That'll yeah. be great for the bees. They'll enjoy yeah. that. 
They'll love it. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful cover crop in addition to getting that nutrient nitrogen in there. That's right. Yes. Now you've been gardening for more than 20 years. Uh, so how did this particular focus start for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's see. It started, you know, I just, I've always had a love of gardening. So I, I actually had a manufacturer's rep business for nearly three decades. And I would go to wholesale trade shows, find product lines that I liked, bring them back to my reps. And we would all go out to the road and sell these products. So I've always had an affinity for really great garden tools, but it got to the point and I loved doing that until I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I got to that point where I said, I've got to find something that is just going to feed my soul. Mm -hmm. And I, I discovered adaptive gardening when my back went out. Ah. And I spent the majority of um, a month on my back researching the subject because I knew there had to be a way that I could get above and beyond the pain that I was in. Mm -hmm. And then one thing led to the next and you know, here I am. <laughs> I've been speaking books on, about it. <laughs> yeah, I've been speaking on adaptive gardening now for about seven years. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and so let's talk about this, this focus you have on adaptive gardening for aging bodies, for which I just want to say, listeners, at one point or another, most of us are going to qualify as an old dancer with plenty of injuries. In fact, I'm actually wearing a brace on my ankle right now because I have an old ligament torn up ankle that just decided to swell up and get weird on me for no reason, did nothing to deserve it, but it just happened. Uh, I'm, I'm really drawn to your approach because like you had said earlier, it's getting harder to stand up once you kneel down. So what yeah. are the basic tenets of what you teach? Well, the way, the way I decided to do this, I mean, I, I had a publisher approach me to write the book and I, I really wanted to focus in on seniors and what I call modern elders, because, you know, that's my age group. That's the, the people that I've known through my master gardener group tend to be 60 and above. Mm -hmm. But in the research, I, I quickly realized that it's not just for seniors, no. that people of all ages have physical issues that can hold them back. Mm -hmm. And so I look at adaptive gardening as a way to help people to develop resilience. So whatever's holding them back, there is another way to get it done. And the way I divide up my work is typically in three sections. First is all about the gardener and how the gardener can rethink how they used to garden. And guess what? Well, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I give them other ways of, of looking at how and when they garden so they can have comfort and safety. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is about the garden itself. And if you've got a bad back or bad knees, not just a raised bed, but an elevated raised bed that's waist high so that you don't have to bend over. Mm -hmm. And then to you know keep chairs close by. So if you're in working in containers, you can sit down next to them again, rather than bending over. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot that can be done in a garden to get it so that it's, it's adapted and comfortable. And then, of course, the third part is where I, I bring forward my, you know, 30 years of, of selling tools 
And uh, so I've got both um, an online store on my website as well as an Amazon store where I've got lots and lots of tools and products that people can purchase. Very cool. And we are going to dive deeper into that in a minute. But first, let's look a little closer at your book, The Lifelong Gardener. Uh, it's geared toward the aging set, but you also address physical limitations for people of all ages in there sure. too. What are some of your tricks for making gardening easier for people? Well, I think one of the, the first things that people should look at is their hardscape. So many of us got seduced in having beautiful winding flagstone <laughs> paths through our, our, our gardens. Mm -hmm. And for the smarter ones that actually cemented them in, they're fine. But people like myself and most people I know- Raising my hand over here. <laughs> yes, have gaps in between the flagstones mm -hmm. that are tripping hazards. Mm -hmm. So the first thing and the most expensive thing is to look at your hardscape and have it be a solid surface. It's a detail. Yeah. It's huge. And I've got lots of ideas in there from a local master gardener that, you know, had some serious tripping issues in his driveway as well as his backyard. And uh, so that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and then I also mentioned, like I mentioned, the elevated raised beds. You know, the first raised bed that I put in was eight inches high. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, we had it all planted out and maybe it was because of planting it, you know, that my back went out. And then my husband needed a knee replacement. Oh, God. <laughs> so I walked by this raised bed, say, I hope you guys are doing well because I can't get down and take care of you. <laughs> and it was like, Really? So that winter, we invested in a, an elevated raised bed that is waist high. And it just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, and then beyond that is to understand what, where your disabilities are. What brings you pain when you're gardening? And then to find a tool that can offset that pain, that can bring you more comfort. And a lot of people are, are so dedicated to certain tools that they've had forever. And it maybe at some point you need to let go. Oh. Get a more ergonomic tool that is going to be comfortable for you to use, not painful. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I, I bought, and this is going to segue into my next question, but I, my mother asked for a kneeler for Christmas last year. And I got her this fancy folding kneeler that you can either set one way and sit on it or flip it over and kneel on it. And, and I thought, well, that's so nice. I should get one for myself because <laughs> I'm so used to kneeling in the mulch and the way my knees look after that are not suitable for shorts. I'll just say that that just right. like, you know, you get the impressions of the mulch in your, in your skin. And as you age, it doesn't go away very, very quickly. <laughs> that's just a, an aesthetic issue, but still it's like, it hurt. It does hurt after a while. So let's talk about that shop of yours, your nifty website with nifty tools that are ergonomically designed. Yes. Uh, I, I'd love to hear uh, some of your favorites that you recommend for people with different, um, different issues. Sure. Well, whether or not they have issues, I have to agree with you. Uh, the reversible kneeler bench is the number one thing that I recommend to people. I have three of them. In this oh. little tiny yard, <laughs> I have three of them because then there's one that's always close by. Mm -hmm. 
but beyond that, the number one tool that everybody should have make a good investment in is a pruner because you use a pruner more than anything else. But it's difficult for me to recommend a particular brand or model because there's so many different ones that are on the market. And it depends on if you have a large hand or a small hand, if you're a righty or a lefty. Um, my first recommendation is that you go to a nursery, ask them if they can take it out of the packaging so that you can feel it in your hand. Right. Then spend as much money as your budget will allow you to spend. Because yeah. It's such an important tool. Yeah, I find, you know, that like Felco pruners and I think even um, uh, Corona, they make a whole line of different yes. tools and I'm small hands, so I have my Felco sixes, but there are the ones with the twisty handles and all the different possible things you can have. Right. So it's a good idea, really great idea to go and actually hold them in your hand if you can. And trade shows, I guess, have them all on display usually, so you can kind of exactly, exactly. Like the uh, ratchet, if you have uh, decreased muscle strength in your hand, a ratchet pruner can really help. Yeah, and can you can you explain for people who aren't familiar with ratchet pruners how those work? Because it's kind of a magic, magic thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, I don't know that I can explain how it works um, as much as. Hmm, yeah, I don't know that I can explain how it works. Well, well my, my understanding of ratchet pruners is that when you squeeze them, I use the, uh, the car jack analogy, analogy that like you, you pump the, you squeeze the handles together, but when you release it stays, the blades stay closed. So you can just kind of keep cranking the handle and, to, and just keep squeezing yeah. the blades yeah. until you finally cut through the thing you're trying to cut through when you don't have a lot of hand strength, which is again, me over here, raising my hand. That sound about right? Yeah, you, that's a very good description of it. I've only recently started using a ratchet pruner. So, because I still have strength in my hands. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Some of your tools are actually there to help people adapt their existing tools. Can you talk about one or two of those? Yes. Um, before I do, I wanna just mention that after you buy a really good pruner for yourself, the most important thing is to buy a good sharpener. Ooh. Okay, I'm, I'm shocked at the number of gardeners that never bothered to sharpen their, their pruners. I know. <laughs> Tell me, is that you, Christy? Come on. You know, I clean my pruning shears every season because I teach a class that includes, you know, pruning care, pruner care, tool care. Um, so I, I get all the sap off and I oil it and I take the kind of a, a hand tool, a hand sharpener, not a file, but it's like a hand sharpener and I just kind of clean up the edge a little bit. Uh, so I have to say, I haven't like pulled out the whetstone and really done a, a pop, a really thorough job, but you're right. I should yeah. <laughs> take, a, take a look, take a look at the ironwood sharpener that's on my website. It's also on the Amazon store. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fabulous uh, because the typical sharpeners are like four inches long mm -hmm. and this one's like eight inches long. It's got a safety guard on it, so you're not going to accidentally hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. It will make all the difference in the world of how well your pruner works. That is a really good point. Uh, I think, you know, it's funny when you mentioned the thing that was most important, I thought for sure you were going to say 
store your shears indoors or something, you know, protect them. Cause that's the thing people leave their stuff out in the garden all the time, which I assume is also a hazard, not a great idea. Something no, not at all. No. Um, and then they rust and then you have to start over again. And if you're going to spend a decent amount on shears, like, you know, I remember spending, I think, $60 on my pair of Felcos that were worth it every penny. And I've had them almost 30 years. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Because they last that long and you could buy replacement parts. It's worth the investment than buying the, the $7 pair from Home Depot. Yeah. No, don't bother wasting your money because they're not going to last and no. they're not, and they're not going to give you a clean cut. Right. So your garden is not going to be as healthy. That's right. So, so. <laughs> over to the adaptive, <laughs> yes, the adapted tools. Um, there's one tool, uh, there's one product called Plasti Dip. And I heard about Plasti Dip when I was doing a presentation to a woman's group in Mill Valley. And a woman came up and said she was remodeling her garden and had hired some guys to help her. And she wanted to be kind of close by in case they had questions. And she noticed at the end of the day that couple of her tools had disappeared. So she went to the hardware. She didn't want to confront them. She went to the hardware store and she bought a product called Plasti Dip in which you can literally take your tools and dip them into this liquid product mm -hmm. and they'll be whatever, whatever color you bought. And it hardens. I suggest, yeah, I suggest red or yellow. She bought hot pink. Pink, of course, because then no one's going to yeah. steal those. Yeah. And no one, not one of her tools ever disappeared again. <laughs> I like so that. That's, that's a great way to, to adapt your tools. Plus, it's a little bit of a cushion as well, which can help. That is great. I like that idea. I'm going to jump to plants for a minute. Are there any plants that you recommend people grow either because they're easy or they help with ailments of an aging body? Mm -hmm. Well, magic plants, in other <laughs> words. <laughs> I wish there was a magic plant like that. Right. Um, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing as we're considering, you know, a, adapting is that we want to try to work towards ease and joy. Mm -hmm. And to me, it makes it easier if you start, you know, with your trees and your shrubs and from there, then go to perennials because just those three right there is going to be less maintenance. Right. Plus, they're going to go in the ground and they're going to be there for a long period of time. It's when you start getting into the annuals are, are great when you want that punch of color on your front porch or, or wherever, uh, but they, you know, they will want to course add to your budget but it's just more maintenance mm -hmm. and again I'm finding throughout the drought I'm I'm eliminating annuals yeah. because they take more water right yeah it's true and they're and they die they do <laughs> and they die <laughs> I, I of course in my world I make exceptions for vegetables but that's because I'm eating them so I feel like the the water is being put to a better use than it would be than watering impatience. And I'm so prejudiced against impatience. Forgive me, but that's how it is. <laughs> I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, they're fine for that splash of color. But yeah, if I'm if I'm going to devote water anywhere, it's going to be for edibles. Most yeah. definitely. All right. Well, it is tip time. Do you have a favorite tip you'd like to share with the Garden Nerd audience? Well, I think more than anything else, when you're considering adaptive gardening, it's, it's about exercising that resilience muscle. 
that we can all have. Um, adaptive gardening, whether you call it, you know, being adaptable, I'd like to say that it's it, when you're looking at it from the standpoint of what can I do better, different, that's going to be more comfortable. I call that bounce back ability. Mm, I like that. And it allows for you to keep doing what you love and doing it with ease and joy and comfort and safety. Um, there's lots that can be done once your eyes are open to the many solutions that are out there and available. Which are all, I assume, in your book. And we're I was gonna... just going to say that. <laughs> we're going to plug yeah, that. Yeah, kind of beat me to the punch there. But yes, uh, they're yeah. in my book. They're on my website. And uh, that's just TonyGatoni.com. Awesome. Before we, we sign off, I just... I kind of wanted to ask, and this is a personal uh, just curiosity, uh, do you, in your book, do you recommend any particular types of stretching or exercises for people to do to keep agile and functional in the garden? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a list of exercises that are really great uh, with beautiful photographs that gardeners can do before they go out. And, and whether or not you take the time to stretch, do exercises, turn on music, uh, and dance for a while, mm -hmm. the main thing is to warm up your body before you go out. That's so smart. I don't think to do that enough. And then once you're out there, avoid long-term repetitive movements. In other words, you know, switch it up, do some raking for a while, and then put the rake down and go over and do some you know, reaching up, pruning, you know, and then do that for, you know, 20 minutes and then do something else because it's the ongoing repetitive movements that can really bring on pain. Yeah. And we don't want that to keep us from, from enjoying our garden. So yeah, just tips, tools, and techniques that can help a lot. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for sharing your tips and for being a guest on the Gardener Tip of the Week podcast. How do people find you? Well, it's, uh, it's TonyGatoni.com. That's T-O-N-I-G-A-T-T-O-N-E.com. And uh, I have an online store. Uh, you can order my book. If you order my book on my website, I'll autograph it for you and, and mail it to you. Uh, and then I also have a brand new Amazon storefront. And that's probably got, I don't know, 50 different products on there now. Oh, very cool. And that's amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Tony Gatoni. Okay. Got your name on it. Very cool. Why not? Yeah. It's unique. People remember it. So <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh, and do you have any social media stuff that we should be following? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, my uh, everything ends in, in Tony Gatoni, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, my YouTube channel as well. Okay, I have a brand new YouTube um, on there about the, the award that I just won from GardenCom for- Yes, congratulations. Thank you. That was <laughs> Thank you for, for speaking for my, my presentation, You Can Garden for Life. So I did a video about that and shared the, the, the love <laughs> from GardenCom. It was quite fun. All right, garden nerds, you'll find links to Tony's website on gardennerd.com this week. We'll also share her social media links, where to get her book, and where to shop for adaptive tools. 
That's it for this week. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit us for tons of free gardening information at gardennerd.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Sunset Lake CBD. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter under GardenNerd1, on Facebook as gardennerd.com, and of course, our GardenNerd YouTube channel. Happy gardening.